Welcome to episode 16 of Mixtaping Identity. I'm your host, Shane. My guest this week is the incredible Lena Moon. Yes, thank you so much for joining me for the 16th case of Mixtaping Identity. My guest this week is Lena Moon. Lena is a comedian and Twitch streamer. I have been watching Lena's streams for a while, so I was very, very excited to get her on the podcast, and she was great. Uh, it's a really, really funny conversation, a lot of earnest moments in there as well, so overall, I uh, couldn't have asked for more, really. Um, also, it's the first podcast where we've done some of the decision-making for the playlist in the podcast, so that was uh, that was a first <laughs> good fun. If you're new to the show here, if you haven't listened before, then just let you know the playlist is available ahead of the podcast release that on monday it's coming out on the thursday uh go and follow us on instagram is the best place at mixtaping identity or at mixtaping id on twitter and you can see the the playlist template you can see the the playlist as they're released and all the guests as and when they come up i'll be back at the end of the episode but for now we'll jump into episode 16 of mixtaping identity with lena moon So how often do you actually listen to music at the moment? Oh man, it's taken a dip. I uh, I used to listen to it constantly because of the work I was doing. I was a like a, a runner for mm-hmm. film and television. So I was in the car all the time. Right. Um, and then I was super fit last year. So I was listening to it every day going for runs and stuff. But now sure. I play video games constantly. Yeah. Um, I would say it's dropped off a lot. But yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of times a week. Is that is that normal? Is that normal? I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. I don't have the statistics in front of me. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. Well, we'll just say Whatever it's works for you. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> uh, when you're listening to music, are you, are you listening to albums or playlists or what, what sort of stuff are you, are you going for typically? I don't know. I'm... I, I think I'm generally like a, um, I'll, I'll do the like Spotify playlists, like the suggested ones. And yeah. then I, I'm pretty much just, yeah, gravitate back to my usual pop tracks. Like I've got, you okay. know, the 2021, you know, when they sum it up for you, it's usually the wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of carryover because I am a creature of yeah. habit, really. I think. Yeah. I, I've talked about that before. My um my most listened to playlist for a long time was like my wrapped from twenty seventeen. Yeah. Or something. And then twenty eighteen was just like a slightly distilled and filtered version of that and then yeah. so on and so on. It makes me scared that I'm gonna end up being like an old person that can't change their values. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna end up one of those people that's like, When did the world change so much that I don't understand <laughs> it anymore? Just because I'm I can't seem to move away from like the same, you know, musical uh Yeah choices. Yeah. <laughs> um so what was the first music that you bought or owned? Uh, my first ever EP was Spice Girls, um, and I remember that because I had Mama okay. on it. And then uh-huh. I think my first album was Aqua. Uh, Ooh, okay. Yeah. So okay. I was a real like pop kid, uh, uh-huh. really just trying to fit in, I guess. But also I loved Aqua because the lead singer's name was Lena. Um, 
but you know sold yeah i mean easy easy sale really <laughs> um i actually saw aqua as an adult like uh, maybe 10 years ago and yeah. was worried it was going to be one of those things where like they tour and you're like oh this is sad a bit sad yeah but it was like unironically perfect it was a great gig they are great performers oh, yeah <laughs> they're just that's playing excellent. music that some people like shake their fist at yeah <laughs> yeah but i guess if you're at an aqua concert there's not many of those people there you'd hope you'd hope <laughs> <laughs> um yeah speaking of like seeing that kind of band and it being sad i went to see s club oh and they weren't s club seven yep they were s club three i don't think they called themselves s club three but i did because that's funny yeah um it was just paul bradley and joe and when we went in it was a very small venue uh, and it was a fiver five pounds i think that's like ten dollars maybe um and uh yeah there was a sign on the door when we went in to say that paul couldn't make it due to unforeseen circumstances so it was just the two of them and they they literally had like a cd of their songs and it wasn't mixed they hadn't taken it wasn't a karaoke versions it was literally just like s club songs and they sang over the top and like so all the other members like bits were in there and they just sang over the top of yeah their parts because it's kind of a key part of the music <laughs> is the other yeah. people yeah <laughs> yeah one of the one of the saddest experiences but it was like it was a lot of fun but it was also like looking back I'm like oh guys did you need the money that badly yeah what is what is motivating that that's like yeah that's i mean it, it really does feel like and you know and i do twitch but it does feel like begging like it's like yeah. and it's just like come on just come on come on please you loved us once like and anyway oh god it's just like yeah yeah it's i mean and especially to do it with a band that has the number of people in it in the name of the band yeah. to, to yeah. then be people like they're gonna notice yeah to be like this is gonna be fine they what it'll be fine guys like we'll just do it also like objectively like joe was great but maybe not even like the most popular of like you know both like i'd say all of those were like oh okay those ones <laughs> like yeah yeah that's like getting the Pretty understudy much. when you go to see hamilton you know <laughs> you're like i guess i'm yeah. still seeing hamilton <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh oh, i was yeah and they just skipped the cd they didn't like it wasn't oh, like God. a blend it was just like they got to a certain point in the song and there was like next and yeah. it went from the intro it, oh, it was awful you know um, what i feel like i just threw a lot of shade on understudies and hamilton's uh-huh. probably the worst example for that i just <laughs> i was thinking about how my friend went to see dear evan hansen purely uh-huh. because she loves ben platt and then he was sick that day that's that's the example uh-huh. i should have given and i apologize okay. okay to hamilton understudies all of you that listen yeah yeah and there are many of them. I assumed so. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that, because I would have lost a lot of followers. It's, yeah. I, I, I'm careful, you know. I might make mistakes, I, but, you know, I know how to apologize to Hamilton understudy performance. Yeah. Mm. We've, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, 
so on the subject of live music what's what is the best live show that you've seen oh man a lot of them uh i i think i mean this will be clear when we start talking about the playlist but i'm very bad at picking one example <laughs> for things i know yes. yeah nope. i'm really bad <laughs> so i'm gonna give you like six answers now but I mean, I saw Vampire Weekend and they were wonderful, but it took them two hours to start because there was all these technical issues because it was so hot and, like, all this stuff broke. But that was an amazing gig. Um, uh-huh. And I feel like most of the time my thing with gigs is, like, I don't, I don't, maybe don't know what makes a good performer, but I, I have a good time if I love the music generally. Yeah, sure. But, like, I would say I've seen Kanye twice mm-hmm. and performance of at those shows incredible like Mm. the dude comes out on a cherry picker over the crowd at you know (laughs) sydney Meyer music bowl which is this outdoor venue and then like halfway through he just walks off stage and then there's a 10 minute dance break with all these ballerinas and like because it was for my beautiful dark twisted fantasy that album so runaway had that like huge ballet section and it was yeah. earnestly one of the most incredible, like, it was like yeah. forced art for people who yes. would never have engaged with it. And it was kind of amazing. But yeah. And then I saw Alex Leahy, who's a Melbourne musician a few years ago. And genuinely, the, that was one of the best gigs I've ever been to. I went to it on my own and I was so scared. And it right. ended up being one of my favorite nights out ever. So, yeah, there's a few. And then I saw The Strokes once and nearly fainted because I couldn't believe Julian Casablancas was alive. So, it's just, they're so, <laughs> like, I was 16. I don't know. I think it's more about, like, the, I wish I was better at being, like, oh, and Stevie Wonder was an incredible performer. And Elton oh, John. Stevie Wonder? Yeah. Yeah, I saw Stevie Wonder oh. with my mum and my two sisters. And the Elton John concert at Hanging Rock that I went to two years okay. ago was pretty incredible but they're for all for different reasons yeah yeah all right perfect a, f- a few to choose from there that's mm-hmm. good <laughs> um, all right so we'll jump into the into the playlist then yeah so song one is a song you fell in love with straight away so you've gone with stop making this hurt i did uh, bleachers i did yeah i i just uh i was doing a puzzle and it's not very long ago and uh mm-hmm. It's very rare nowadays that, like, I mean, you know, I'll look, I'll listen to a Spotify picked playlist or whatever, and I'll listen to songs. I'm like, yeah, I vibe this, and I'll put on a playlist. But that one, I think, at the time we had been in lockdown for the fifth time or sixth time, and I was like, just kind of trying. And there was something about the premise of the song being sort of like, you know, the the way I suffer is a choice, right? I take a lot on as a person. Right, I'm like yeah, an yeah. empath. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do take a lot on and I take on a lot of stuff I don't need to that is not my yeah. responsibility and it's, it's a problem. And I think yeah. I was just kind of like really feeling it and the idea that like, you know, stop making this hurt is like, it's like, it's up, it is kind of, it can be easy. Like it's up to you. It doesn't have to be, mm. you know so hard and i thought i thought that was uh a really lovely sentiment 
at the time. Yeah. Especially because the puzzle was like a very cheap puzzle and very hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. I love, I love the combination of that, that, that message applying to like everything in your life. Yeah. And not taking like so much stuff on. Yeah. But in the moment just applying to like this fucking puzzle that i can't do honestly i think even the makers of the puzzle knew how bad the puzzle was because the back (laughs) of the puzzle had numbers on it to like tell you what section i reckon they looked at what they made and went oh we better put numbers on it because (laughs) like these pieces this does this is blurry like like it just it was earnestly it was a supermarket puzzle. <laughs> that's okay. Like, <laughs> that's that's a moment of desperation in a lockdown where you're like, oh, I can't, yeah. I don't know where to get a puzzle, um, <laughs> but I know it's what I should be doing. And then you end up yeah. with this absolute shit show of a puzzle. It, I can't even tell you. I'm, yeah. 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 I know that feeling in lockdown where you're like, I, I can't just spend another day sitting yeah i need to do something (laughs) yeah and just the same sort of sitting like you know i love i love streaming and i love gaming but like after i think i was in a rust hole then Uh, there's only so many hours of just the same thing i can do over and over again before it's like uh like genuinely my brain is never going to come back from this (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. So the puzzle was, the puzzle was an attempt, and it was it was like I'd done a puzzle in a, in the a previous lockdown when I lived with my sister, and we loved it because it yeah. was every Saturday night. We had plans like it was our little yeah, like yeah. we'd go out into the lounge room and drink wine mm-hmm. and and do it. And I thought it was going to be like that until I saw the numbers and the state of this thing, and I was like, <laughs> this is. <laughs> This is punishing. Yeah. But I could just clarify very quickly for the uninitiated that Rust is a game. Because mm. uh, for anyone who doesn't know that, I was in a Rust hole is a bit of a weird sentence to hear. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And boy, I don't want to imagine what that would look like <laughs> or what that no. is. Yeah. Nope. We're moving on. Song <laughs> two. Uh, song that took you a while. You've gone with Most of the Time by Bob Dylan. Yeah, pretty much any Bob Dylan for me has been mm-hmm. a, yeah, nah, hard pass. Yeah. Um, and I, I I got that from my mum. I remember she used to, um, whenever Bob Dylan would come up, she'd go, oh, and roll her eyes. She was <laughs> extremely Glaswegian, my mother. Uh, oh, and really? okay. Yeah, and uh, like... She'd had her accent had softened by the time because she moved here when she was seventeen. But I think the right. family has carried on uh, the Glaswegian spirit, uh, probably just the <laughs> negative Glaswegian aspects. Where, where sure. anyway? Uh, but I remember she used to roll her eyes at him, and then like go like just absolutely. So oh, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Can't listen to him. He's miserable. He's miserable. Like. Um, and she just hated him and and I think I kind of got what she meant and also like my dad who 
she'd broken up with, he liked Bob Dylan. And she was like, oh, he used to make me sit around and listen to Bob Dylan and drink red wine. <laughs> like, I don't think he made you drink the red wine. But, uh, yeah, she just hated hated him. And, and then, like, all the – because I went to quite, like, a left high school that was very arty and I was mm-hmm. friends with all the muso boys. Uh, they also loved Bob Dylan and I had just, like, a – like, just a – you know, disdain for him. Yeah. Um, but then I listened to most of the time and I mean, I don't, I haven't done any research. I couldn't tell you where in his career he released that song, whether he's less of a child. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but there's something about it that really grabbed me. Um, but it did take, it got put on a playlist for me and it got, you know, drip fed to me i guess and yeah. i now i love it yeah and i i've 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 betrayed my late mother um <laughs> i and i you know i'll she'll, she would never have forgiven me anyway so i guess it's probably <laughs> <laughs> we don't listen to bob dylan in this house like the start of a movie like a musical <laughs> where all the music is bob dylan <laughs> You got Bob Dylan Dirty Dancing. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, I watched that. Yeah, like, I have to say, I'm very, very similar in the... I've never got into Bob Dylan. Mm. And I'm very aware that he is, like, considered to be one of the greatest musicians of... ever. Mm. But I think I'm very similar to your mum mm. most of the time when I'm listening... Most of the, most time. Of the time. When I'm listening <laughs> to him. Yeah. Uh... uh when I'm listening to him, I'm like, oh, I, I just cannot, I can't listen to his voice. Mm. I don't know, like, it, like a lot of when he's, a lot of his songs, he's just like, nee, 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 nee. yeah, yeah, that's like, exactly what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that was bang on. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I just, yeah, I, I can't, I can't get past it. But I have to, this song is incredible. Yeah. I was, I was absolutely in love with this song. And I think the, the, the messaging of it is, is really beautiful as well because I don't know how you read it but I sort of I think there's there's two different ways of reading it one is like the sort of like more melancholy uh, you know like when you break up with someone or you're trying to forget about someone mm. you convince yourself or you try to convince yourself that like I don't think about that person anymore they're, they're like not part of my life and they're not in my head anymore mm. but in reality you probably waste a lot of your energy actually thinking about them. Yeah, or um, actively not thinking about them, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah, the same as just thinking about them. Yeah, um, yeah. Or w- the way I prefer to think about it is that, to be honest, that's best case scenario mm. is not thinking about someone most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And it it'll it'll fade, but yeah, like not having that person in your life or not having that person in your head most of the time mm. it's a win it's a win yeah 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 is that is that how you read it as well yeah i think and just uh it's a yeah yeah it's good and it's and it's oddly insightful for someone who i i feel like you know i'm not to get too political or depressed though but i feel like there's stuff that he has been said about bob dylan that is i you know i'm cancelable i guess or like he's just a bit icky 
and right. like it's it's nice to sort of and then so any anytime I'm like are they icky is it an icky man I'm like I don't want to know what you think of love I I don't want to hear your <laughs> I don't want to hear your yeah. opinions on that because it's like ugh, just you know it's like taking love advice from JD from Scrubs it's like no mm, no <laughs> no oh <laughs> like I don't want it but there is I don't know maybe just something really. I should maybe that's defamation. I don't know anything about him, but I feel like maybe I've heard stuff. I don't know. He's just not yeah. a nice person. But I, I do, I do think that comparing Bob Dylan to JD from Scrubs is potentially defamation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honestly, getting anyone compared. Yes, true. What a court case that's going to be. Um, what a defense. Who Bob trial. Dylan reminds me of John Dylan from the TV show Scrubs. <laughs> Yeah, no, is oh, it John, John Dorian? Dorian? Yeah, but yeah. still a uh, very yeah, close still. comparison. Yeah. Well, look, yeah. I guess comparing anyone to JD from Scrubs is defamation at this point. Um, yeah, I think JD. I used to love been... Scrubs, but yeah, me too. Like, I, yeah, I actually was talking about this with Annie yesterday because I think it's really funny that uh, just just to take a moment and reflect on all of the like characters that I looked to for like like love teaching and JD yes. was one of them because I related to Elliot right. and then like watching him just gaslight her and just like be jealous yeah. of all of her partners even the ones that made her happy and then claiming to be her friend the whole time it was like so funny that like at the time he was considered like a really a good example of like being an emotional person because men yeah. just weren't showing any emotion yeah like, yeah so it was yeah. like this, like, wow. And it's like, I was saying the thing, same thing about Ben Folds. Like, I was listening to Ben Folds and, like, he just says right. bitch all the time. He just calls women <laughs> bitches, like, constantly. And also, I'm pretty sure Brick is about um, his partner's, uh, a, a, like, either, like, a miscarriage or... I feel like there's oh, something... Shit. Yeah, there's something really dark in that song. And it's like... Um, Again, I just feel like I talk about this stuff with some kind of meaning or, um, you know, th- uh, I might have made up. But there's something about it that's very... Yeah, it's about his high school girlfriend getting an abortion. And it's written from his perspective. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which shit. is like, of course, like, there is... That's interesting. Like, of course, there's going to be a perspective within that to share. But the the mournfulness of the song is so, like... Yeah. It feels like it's very, like, in that w- realm of, like, centering yourself in something that is, like, maybe not yeah. as about you as singing it like that is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it just reminded me. And I just thought it was so funny. Like, I look at all of these things and it's like, oh, that's. That explains the people I've dated in my 20s. <laughs> and like Xander, Xander from Buffy was like another like formative crush. Yeah, and then yeah. and then I had Spike as my like, uh, you know, flip flop away from him. And I was like, this is so problematic. I've I've like cookie cutted so many problematic shapes. Uh, yeah. For yeah. love. And, and now, now knowing what we know about the, the writing on the show Buffy. Oh that's... my God. Yeah. I know, and also problem. knowing that yes, that that's who Whedon identified with apparently. Yeah, Ugh, just 
Sherry did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I think I weed right. and identified with himself. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're adding weed into the list. Yes. We're taking them all down. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Dylan, Ben Folds, yeah. Josh Whedon. So yeah. sue me. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly if we say allegedly allegedly yeah yeah all fine yeah uh song three uh song from your introduction to music so you're going with you sound like louis bradette by yes. the whitlams yes i have gone with the whitlams um god my family is uh so my mom and dad were very much like bohemian artists um, who lived in like Fitzroy in Melbourne before Fitzroy was very cool. And so like okay. Fitzroy is sort of heavily gentrified now to the point where it's not even like hip. It's just like very, it's quite wealthy. Okay. Um, but it, it uh, in the seventies, it was like a melting pot of uh, very interesting folk. And mum had a, you know, clothing shop on Brunswick Street and made clothes for all sorts of people and it was just you know who they they were and they and they kind of were never as a result the kind of parents that would like they didn't really filter stuff much and I remember okay. the Whitlam's mum brought mum introduced Sophie and Kate my older sisters who are six and eight six and a half and eight years older than me yeah. um she introduced them to the Whitlam's, their first album, which was kind of folky and goofy almost. And then right. we got on to No Aphrodisiac, which is the the album that this song's from. And it mm-hmm. was just a staple. It was just like a family staple that like there would be like nights where, you know, Red wine was drunk on the back porch by everyone, in, in, excluding me, because I was young. Or like, and right. like, because Soph and Kate were drinking from the age of like fourteen, and you know, sure, and like maybe a little older, but that's pretty much when all three of us would start sneaking out and getting into it. And then Mum was like, probably safer for you to do it at home. For, so from like sixteen onwards, but yeah. um which is very old school now, but they, and smoking as well. So they just sit on the back porch and red wine and smoking and end up dancing to this album. And it, you know, was, it's a, it's, it's a very fond memory now. Just like the whole family, we always knew everyone. It was like, you just knew the lyrics to this song. And I always remember being a little bit shy about it when my friends heard it all. I would try to introduce it to my friends because there was so much swearing in it. But um, okay. <laughs> but uh, there was something about the sentiment of that, like sitting around playing cards, like um, hanging out with my friends who were com- completely fucked, but they're really fun to have around. And it just like, yeah, it's such a um, mum was always very accepting of every person. So it's such a like, I think that sentiment really goes with a lot of the, the moons. We're very yeah. like open people i think um but yeah i think that's like that's the story really just just a absolute staple of an album that just got spun all the time the kind of thing that never came out of the the three disc tray in the (laughs) in the home system Um, yeah 
Yeah. Well, that dates it. Mm, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that is lovely, though. I like the the song is incredible. Um, the the Whitlams are Australian, right? They or, are. Yeah, they're actually from yeah. Melbourne. Um, right. Okay. And, um, like it's a sad tale. I think like not all the members are alive still, and and Tim right. Friedman again is the you know. A lot of stories about him not being a particularly nice man, but the, but the music's great. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, like it just, I I've never thought of the Whitlams of like as like you know like there are other bands where I'm like the members are people I care about because I found them later. I've never thought about right. really the the members of this band. It's just like yeah, you know, yeah, it's just the associated memories more. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, and I ended up seeing them when I was 18. It was actually the first gig I went to in a venue that I could go to as an 18-year-old. And I met Tim oh, wow. Friedman, and I had a Whitlam's T-shirt. And all I wanted to say was, like, thanks for Eternal Nightcap. It helped raise me. And I walked up to him and yeah. looked him in the eye and went, I've got a T-shirt. And he was like, <laughs> you certainly do. <laughs> oh, no. And I said, yeah, I've got a T-shirt. And he said, yep. And then he said where are you from and i said melbourne and he said yeah yep where are you from and i said melbourne he's like we're in melbourne <laughs> and i said uh north northcote uh, which is where i grew up and he said i actually wrote melbourne in westgarth which is near there and that uh-huh. was sort of the end of that interaction and i was like thank you and walked away signed it and i was like oh no that that could not have gone worse um so tim friedman if you're listening <laughs> Um. Hi. <laughs> You're doing it again. I am. Yeah. I assume he listens. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, if you're listening, Lena still has a t-shirt. Mm. I actually do still have that t-shirt. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Um. Yeah, it's a class of like it's. I, I hadn't made its way across to mm. Northern Ireland as far as I'm aware. <laughs> I hadn't heard it before. Um, it's a great song. It's so fun, like real sort of jazzy energy. Mm. And yeah, the the chorus, like yeah, the, it's it's such a fun song to listen to. And the yeah, the lyrics are really fun. Like all my yeah, all my friends are completely fucked. Fun to have around. Like it's oh, it's it, it's excellent. It is. And having that associated with that kind of that kind of memory mm. of dancing the porch red wine cigarettes mm. i think i i think that's lovely i think it's beautiful yeah it's qu- it's quite an image conjuring song yeah. and a vibe yeah yeah perfect all right excellent uh song four then a song that makes you happy so you've gone with sunshine by dario g i have yeah yeah um so this song's actually uh related to why i got into streaming but it was locked down too and um a friend of mine uh was he would do friday night dj sessions on twitch and oh yeah he um he put so much effort in like he and like he burned so brightly he doesn't stream anymore but he Mm. like you know we were all looking for something in lockdown too and he, because um, it was like this really big one for Melbourne. It was like this kind of, you know, it was kind of a kick in the teeth. 
Um, yeah. And he started doing these nights and he used to DJ at this club that I went to when I was underage called uh, Click Click. And it's not an underage club. I just used my sister's ID. And it was like an indie disco. And so he would, it, like, they would play the Rapture and just like all this, like, you know, like the yeah, yeah, yeahs and just like a very specific type of music there. And you would wear like thrift store clothing. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I remember him being one of my favorite DJs. And then he started DJing on Twitch and he was a friend of um, Mark. And Naomi, so we were watching him, my two friends, we were watching him every single Friday. And, yeah, he would do themed nights. And I remember one week I was sort of like, it had been a really long week and I was working from home full time, like writing for this kid's show and my brain had just sort of, I'd had a really tough one, like trying to force myself to write stuff that week and felt like I was fucking the job up because it was one of my first writing jobs and I didn't want to ruin it. And I was just mm. worried I was doing, I was just having a very anxious week. And he, sure. he did a set that was like, I think it was like his Meredith set from whenever. I think this is when it was. Yeah. And he played this song and it, transported me back to just like a place of just like you like just euphoric joy it is such a banger and it like it just it was so good but I remember like bawling my eyes out in my room like dancing because we were we'd been drinking it was an 18th birthday party theme week and Uh me and Naomi and I think Michelle I think it was Michelle Brazier. Yeah. We had all gotten drunk and we're having a silent disco and dancing on Discord with the stream open with each other. Uh-huh. And um yeah, it just like I just I just remember like tears like falling down my face while I was playing it because it reminded me of being at like a music festival, Meredith Music Festival and like right. Just standing in this supernatural amphitheater, which is just like a hill with a stage at the bottom of it and just like being covered in mud and just, you know, no COVID basically. And um, yeah. he watching him every week was a, was the thing that gave me confidence to start streaming and now it's my job, which is crazy. But um, yeah, yeah just any time you need to like just hit your brain with some dopamine and like move your body... It's just such a, it's such a banger. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's a great, it's a great tune. Mm. Um, so funny you said that because I I was say, uh, I, I love I love saying friend of the show. I was speaking with friend of the show Joel Dusher. Mm. Um, his episode's going to be out two weeks before oh, yours. Oh, cool. Um, and he was in the exact same thing about Meredith. He had mm. a he had a song in his list that reminded him of a specific place. It was Meredith, and he was saying everyone who's been there has a Meredith song, one that will just like take them straight back to that moment. Yeah. Um. So it's just so, so funny that you say that. But yeah, it's it's. I, I, that, this is what I really love about this category is when, is when someone has those two things in the song which is a song that is by itself really joyous mm. and boppy and happy and then also associated with this like this really happy moment in time yeah because yeah i i go back to sort of pre-covid memories quite a bit as well like just that sort of freedom and no responsibility and basically not knowing what's coming yeah (laughs) um, yeah but yeah and i think like that's just youth 
as well, right? Like I think, I think, you know, Meredith, (laughs) like as a thing that I would go through in my 20s, if I, the, the more danger aware person now, if that I am and I'm only 30 but like the person that I'm turning into which is more cautious and careful about even just like booze going into my system Meredith was like you know it was youth (laughs) it was like beers for breakfast and like you know just stuff that I would never (laughs) like bad behavior but you know a sense of like it was three days of the year that you would just disappear from anything right. and just and then yeah. there was always like this moment when when you get home and you were all like like squishy because like your brain you you thrashed your brain and body and like just you know yeah. just gotten so drunk so consistently over and there was just like this measured like baseline like beer and like it sounds it's yeah but then, and then you'd get home and you'd shower and all of the um dirt would come off your body <laughs> and like yeah. the water would run black like just like all <laughs> yeah. this stuff getting off you and there was something kind of baptism-y about it like just mm. sort of like I think I still feel that a little bit when I go to festivals when I went to I went to another one called Boogie which was the same thing like you get like the boogers out of your nose that are like you know just like brown and like (laughs) you know just this sort of like you've been inhaling dust for two days but there is something about just like just a break in your life where you it's pure fun and yeah that's the whole vibe is like just go there and just celebrate friends and music and you know i think music festivals are like I hate day festivals and I kind of still, I still hate the idea of going and camping and being dirty again. And, but I think there was yeah. something really appealing and very youthful about it that, yeah, um, sure. you know, I think we, uh, we were lucky to have most of our twenties not be a pandemic. I think uh, yeah. that very is true. a blessing really. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ideally um, no pandemic but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah it's so funny you said about that about youth like when you said just when you said beers for breakfast i was like Ugh, no <laughs> I'll, I'll be asleep by lunchtime yeah yeah. yeah oh i couldn't do no it now. now yeah no and no then, yeah i didn't even really love doing it then but i just kind of <laughs> i just kind of did yeah yeah why not mm. all right song five then a song that makes you sad so yeah. you've gone with For Once in My Life by Stevie Wonder. I have, yes. Um, I love Stevie. Uh, that was a song we played at mum's uh, funeral. It's, okay. uh, it, and it, because it's a happy song, I think, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to end the whole thing on like a joyful thing. But now mm. it's just a sad song for me. <laughs> so sure. it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, he's beautiful. It was again like a family staple. We had all the mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder collection on tape in the car, and right. um, yeah, just a really wonderful song. I think still, yeah. still like happy sad, but at the moment it's yeah, it makes me sad. So I think yeah. that'll change, but yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that makes sense. I mean, it's it's a like on a, on the face of it, it's a very uplifting and joyous song mm. 
and I imagine that was the sort of the point of playing that in that moment yeah 100 percent. yeah it's just funny that um like i don't know i don't know it is funny that like it's this beautiful love i don't know it's not funny it's just nice that it's a beautiful love song that um yeah reminds you to spread kindness i guess or sort of appreciate the love that you have which is nice yeah yeah it's, it's it's yeah. We'll not dwell on this too long, but it's it's a love <laughs> it's a lovely message I think to have at a funeral. Mm. Uh, to celebrate that. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think it was a good choice. Um, yeah, I remember that was my sister's suggestion. She was like, "Let's just not." You know. I uh, mum was a celebrant, and I always thought like the the thing that I liked about her was that she would always sort of advocate for the idea that a funeral doesn't have to be misery porn essentially <laughs> you know like yeah. the whole thing Absolutely. should be a, a a yeah I just I've been just like I, I have this like comparison thing now if I go to other people's funerals and I like watch the celebrants and I'm like <laughs> Like just like sitting in the back with my arms crossed, being like, "Okay, all right, you're you okay? You're gonna make this sad, okay? Oh, you're gonna deliver it like that? Like it's the same as like watching a comedy show and being like, interesting joke. Like I just I have this like absolute audience perspective when I go to funerals where I'm like, mm, okay, wow, and like I I feel like I've been to so many where they're like, yeah, this is my mournful demeanor, and it's like. I don't know. You can be, you can be a celebrant without, yeah, uh, like trying to make people sad. I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. my own shit, maybe. But, um, yeah. And I think that there is this element of like, no, I think most of them are pretty good at it. But, mm-hmm. um, I just think there's so few moments where people laugh at funerals, and I think that's such a pity. Mm. And shouldn't be like that and so i think that was sort of why we wanted to do that vibe we made jokes at mums and you know kept it yeah kept it like life yeah i mean based on what you're saying it sounds like that's that would be what she would have wanted so it's yeah yeah it's it's the right way to honor her then and that's and that's yeah well she had that glaswegian streak of like uh kind of like uh, is it is it not sardonic there's some word that's sort of like sad sad but also like uh funny or something it's sort of like the idea of like like glaswegians are so funny because they're just so miserable there's this yeah it's <laughs> like humor in their yeah. misery almost yeah 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 <laughs> But it's almost like they don't take anything seriously at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Like everything makes them miserable, but nothing matters. Yeah, yeah. Which is which makes sense of the like even in even in death, it'd be like nah, fuck it. Yeah, whatever. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. play something joyous. Yeah, yeah. Watch watch them squirm. Watch them get uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, song six then a song to relax too. So uh, your song is "We All Cope in Different Ways" by Darren Hanlon. Yes, another Australian. Um, mm-hmm. Just this, this like just nice again. Another lockdown tune. Um, mm. Discovered 
this year, last year, halfway through last year. And just very like, I think I remember when I canceled my, I have so many stories attached. I guess that's the point, right? But uh, when I, (laughs) when I canceled my 30th, um, we were sort of looking like I was going to get to have like a small party in a bar. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 30 felt like a lot of things for me. Right. Um, and a lot of moments to sort of reflect on. And um, I was just really looking forward to putting like a couple of people in a bar that I really loved and just having an opportunity to tell them that. And also just like my favorite thing is my favorite people interacting with each other. So like mm-hmm. the idea that my sisters were going to get to meet, you know, my close friends and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and hear from each other which I thought, you know, the speeches and stuff. And also all about me. And I love attention. Um, <laughs> and I remember the lock, I think they called a lockdown and I had to cancel it. Um, and I sent an email because I'd done invites through an email app so I could kind of keep track of it all. So I just sent this big email to everybody that was mm-hmm. like, look, I hate sending this, but... Um, you know, it's cancelled or whatever. And I sent everyone the link to that song. So I was like, look, just go be gentle and be yourselves and try to kind of, I know we're all kind of sick of sending and receiving these sorts of emails and, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll be together soon kind of thing. But I think that's, this song is about lockdown. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just feels really, it's almost like calming because we're not alone in it. If right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I've said the I yeah, I talk about that quite a lot actually on this on this show is that sort of that idea of feeling understood through a song, like mm. someone you know, talking about your experience and yeah, definitely that feeling of not not being alone in it. Yeah. Um and this song's great in in terms of like it says it says everything I would want to say yeah about about lockdown like it's really beautifully told and yeah we all cope in different ways so don't be too hard on yourself it's, yeah it's lovely yeah yeah it's, and it's, it's probably it's probably a nice message to take forward even like beyond pandemic obviously that the the verse is going to be very specific to yeah you know a couple of years in history yeah, yeah. but um <laughs> you know like it, neighbors walking around like uh what was it Some yeah Yes, um, yeah. And just the, the yeah. for me, the groundbreaking idea, but forgot to write it down. Like, that to me is, like, such a beautiful, like, touch on just trying to be creative in a pandemic. And I feel like it is dated, but, like, the pandemic is still very much a thing. Yeah. And I feel like it'll not be something we forget. And, no, 100%. Uh, that, just that fogginess of it. I really, yes. the, the song really captures that for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I had a funny Darren Hanlon moment um, around Christmas. I was ordering a record for a friend of mine who is like Darren Hanlon obsessed, mm-hmm. and um, they came over to help me build a, a desk at my new place. And we were mm-hmm. like halfway through building it, and I got a call, and I answered um, my on my watch instead of my phone, and it was on speaker, and I was like, "Oh, hello," and they were like. Oh, hey Lena, it's um Darren Hanlon here, and my friend just kind of like froze and <laughs> and like melted, and I was like, oh, 
hello uh, hi and they're like yeah I'm just trying to send this record to you and I was like <laughs> oh yes good thank you good and the, my friend started laughing and I was like look sorry the person I've bought it for is sitting in front of me and it's their Christmas <laughs> present and we busted and he was like oh he's the chillest dude this guy like Darren Hill is just the chillest dude and he's like oh yeah that's all right yeah sorry ha. and I was like yeah um oh we're just you know we're big fans and we love your music and he's like yeah that's good um anyway I'm still at the post office so I just want to double check I was like yeah absolutely absolutely um and just like had to do the rigmarole of triple checking my address and then he was like anyway thank you um for getting us through lockdown okay thanks Darren Hamlin um so funny and he's just like exactly the the disposition you would have expected very just like yeah all right yeah just make nice tunes and just like <laughs> yeah anyway pretty busted anyway i'm still at the post office it's so funny yeah anyway i'm still at the post office <laughs> lena stopped talking yeah. <laughs> very much a thing yeah yeah it's a theme yeah um all right song seven then a song from your pre-teen years so I uh, might have to narrow this down a little mm. bit because you've gone with anything from Is This It by The Strokes or any, any Beatles, Beatles song. song. And I don't know, like, I, yeah. I did the research. This is true. The Beatles wrote loads of songs, Lena. So okay. Hmm. Fucking loads. That's crazy. Did they? I felt like there was yeah. just like one that was like, that's the Beatles. Um. Yeah, you were going for the Beatles song. <laughs> yes, I was going for the Beatles. She you know, know the one. one. I mean. um, yeah, that Beatles song. Look, this is combo. This is just like, look, in terms of actually picking them for the playlist, uh, yeah. I guess Is This It by The Strokes would work. Okay. That's an album, right? Did I get them? Is This It? Yeah. 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 And then, you know, I, The Beatles. Last well, Night's the big one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that album... It's the same group of friends. It's early high school. Uh, like, preteen is like 12, right? 13, 13, 14? Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's like year seven and getting to be friends with. There was like a group of girls that I sort of, after like getting bullied out of the social circle I was in, I moved classes and I met some new people. And by like year eight, I was in like a pretty cute gang of like girls and boys <laughs> and the <laughs> gang. Yeah, pretty cute. Um, cute gang. That's how I describe Glaswegian gangs that I used to see footage of that mum would tell me because my mum was from Easter House and we watched this doco on Easter House and they're just these like gangly, <laughs> gangly little boys, but they were tough. Like, anyway, that's a cute gang. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, the, the, they were, it was like the girls and then the boys who were all muso boys. So we would just go and hang out while they rehearsed or whatever. Like, just the amount right. of like bad drumming i've sat through just because my friend was dating a drummer and like we would just play gta and just sit there and wait for the boys to stop jamming or whatever it was just like a yeah. classic like period of my life and in that time it was like the boys were always like learning a new beatles song or we were all like really into like you know mm -hmm. that and like listening to records and buying velvet underground merch and just like it was such a specific era and then yeah. the, then the strokes happened and it was like for me it was just like this moment of like i don't know i think for me that that period of time musically music was about fitting in but i did right. 
it was so exciting to be fitting in with stuff I actually liked. Mm, and mm-hmm. while it was being given to me by these people that I wanted to like me, it was, yeah, it was just those, those, that particular era was very much like about having crushes on, you know, this, the boys, this, the boy group and just going to yeah. like parties and we were all sober, but we would all dance and listen to like the same and then, then getting drunk with that group for the first time towards mm-hmm. the end of, you know, year eight mm-hmm. on cask red wine and everyone throwing up and crying and <laughs> playing Hey, playing Hey Jude on a keyboard drunk at this party when my friend's dad had thought we were all going to the park and we came back hammered and he was like, what happened? And like, it was just like, <laughs> so, so stressed out and me sitting there playing Hey Jude and like, turning to my friend Hammond and being like, my dad was supposed to teach me how to play the piano and just like crying. And just like, it's such a specific, like potent period of my life. And I don't really talk to any of them anymore, which is like pretty funny. I mean, I, I see what they're up to and some of them still playing music, which is nice, but um, yeah, it's funny. So funny. Ah, perfect. So do you want to go with Is This It then? Or yeah, just a I, think so. then? I think so. Yeah, Is, is This, this it? it, yeah. Oh. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Song 8 is a cover. So again, you got three choices I, yeah, here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I Look, I think, do you know what the motivation behind some of the like slashy answers are? Is right. It's like, I... I was, I was, I think as a person just torn between like, do I try to look cool or do I just like be like completely myself? And I think that those two things are at odds at all times. So I did pick three here, but it's because like, I think the the Lucy Dacus cover of Dancing in the Dark and the Serenius Bonk Life cover are both just earnestly good, amazing songs that everyone should hear. But I think... The Your Song by Lady Gaga cover makes me feel like a dork for liking it because it's okay. it's it's famously like Elton John. Everyone talks about it as like one of Elton John's worst songs. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I love it. Like I love that song. I like, and yeah. I think people are just cynical, but um, I think that their note that Gaga like I'm not like hugely. I don't know enough about music. I've always felt scared to talk about music in general especially because it goes back to like the kids I was friends with they were such musos and they knew what they were saying and I just kind of didn't but right I think I'm getting a little bit more confident with it now and if I'm if I'm not going to attribute my life to a story and just say musically I think that like the note she hits in that song Mm. her, her her musical ability in that cover to do what she's doing with her voice is like objectively very amazing and beautiful yeah. and like it's a very good cover <laughs> um yeah so yeah and it's a great tune and also it reminds yeah. me of a share house i lived in because me and one of the dudes would get really drunk together and go and lie on uh like parks like playgrounds near our house and like I just remember listening to that on my phone <laughs> Right, okay. With him and both, both us being like, it's just this tune. It's just this note <laughs> that she hits. <laughs> it's a real past life uh, song, yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really like it. 
Like, we'll we'll go with that then. Yeah, I think the, I think that's the one that's that I would like happiest. point out as like a cover that is most me. But the other two are just yeah. very good listening. The other two are very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I yeah because I I was if I had to pick I was torn because Lucy Dacus is a is, is an artist I wasn't familiar with before I started doing oh, this. She's it's, amazing. Um, friend of the show Frankie McNair who introduced me to Lucy Dacus yes <laughs> uh, Serenius Bonk is just a very funny name I know that's the only reason I would include that I know um, but yeah Lady Gaga is great yeah. it also reminds me of like so my friend Mac like I, I said him regularly like the best the best joke he's ever done was a Facebook status from years ago when there was a Christmas advert in the UK where Ellie Goulding had mm. covered your song and I think it was getting a bit of grief, but his Facebook status was just, and you can tell Ellie Goulding, this is my song. Yeah, that's very Elton funny. John, that's very funny. Which I thought was great. Yes. And I told him it was. I told him about that um, before we before we recorded, and he was like, he couldn't remember that joke. And I was like, for me, yeah. that's the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> which you know, given that he's streaming now and he has a podcast, that's probably yeah. not what he wants yeah, to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still, I still think he peaked then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. It's yeah, it's it is what it is that song, but I think yeah. she really gives it life, and I think Lucy uh, is amazing. I saw her live, at, I saw her play, um, not long ago, and a wonderful performer. Just, mm. just completely, she just is all you want to look at when you're, she's on stage, and she just is a very good perform and, and very bisexual. Like I think I went everyone I saw her with was bi. <laughs> it's like she just like it's just this thing about bisexuals loving um yeah that musician but You're with your people. Yeah, exactly. And then that <laughs> the cover of life is because I love that song and it it was yeah. in a show that I really liked that all the music is done by another artist who's later on in the list. But the okay. uh, sex education is a the entire like most of the original music and I think pretty much like most of the like programming of the music is done by Ezra Furman and her music is amazing and she selected that gotcha. song and I would just remember watching okay. the show and being like oh my god it's life it's Desiree's life <laughs> <laughs> but nice um anyway <laughs> excellent alrighty song nine then a song you would sing at karaoke so your song is Mean by Taylor Swift yeah I mean, this one's pretty simple and straightforward. I was bullied heaps and I love Taylor Swift and I don't feel shame about it anymore. I've, she, Good. I'm growing up with her and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, a fun karaoke song. Yeah. I sung it at my 27th. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Mm. Um. Yeah. Taylor Swift is one of those ones. Like, I, again, I've talked about this a lot on the on the show before, but like, the judgment I used to have for music. So I probably would have been one of these people that would have... In fact, I said would have been. I definitely, like, <laughs> bullied a guy for liking Taylor Swift. Mm. Um, and, he, like, that was it. He just listened to Taylor Swift unironically and it was like, <laughs> Taylor yeah. Swift. Yeah, I mean, bullies don't um, need much. No. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I've really come around to old Taylor Swift. Good for her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, she she is amazing. Like, and again, I've talked about this before, but like, even if you don't like her music, I think you have to respect her as an artist. She's incredible. Yeah, I think and so. Yeah. Yeah, I love this song. I hadn't heard this one before, but I love the messaging of it because that all you'll ever be is mean 
yeah. is such a savage put down it's because so good. there are people who that's all they have. Yeah. I don't need to tell you, you're a, 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 a woman on the internet. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but there are but there are people and that's that's their entire existence is just snark and mm. trying to take other people down. Yeah. And it's such a dismissive and wonderful way to just it write is. those people off. Just that I think like it's so interesting, like I whatever the critiques on Taylor are, I think this song is like it's oddly empathetic for uh you I, I kind of like that there's an, an element of like look like I'm probably gonna be okay and I'm probably mm-hmm. gonna make the changes that I need to make in my life to you know thrive and you Mm -hmm. won't and it's sad it's like all you're ever gonna be is this person who is doesn't do the things that make you happy and that's really like i think if you can kind of hold on to that as an adult it makes a lot of things a lot easier yeah um and not even in like a you have to have like you know in like a 2000s movie where like people go back to see their high school bullies and their high school bullies are like, and then it's just like a list of like fat shaming and just like all this, like, you know, things where it's like, oh, their bullies are losers because they blah, blah. It's like, I don't, we don't need that. Right. We don't need that to win anymore. We just need to know. It's very sad that all you'll ever be is just kind of not nice because you're not very happy. And like, Mm -hmm. that's a bummer for you, but um, you know, you can, people can change whenever they want, but, it's I don't know I just I do love that song and I think I did joke sing it at Naomi once and she pissed herself laughing I just like I don't, it's a fun song to do a bit too because she just does that bit at the end of the song it's like and mean and mean yeah. and mean and you just can just like if you're doing it at karaoke you could just kind of like lock eyes with someone <laughs> just like she was like why am I getting this energy Lena <laughs> like because you're the safe one um so yeah, it's a fun karaoke song, and I like—I kind of yeah. like country vibes. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to sing country. I think. Mm, it is. Yeah, my 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 karaoke song is a Three Doors Down song, which is like a very like, yeah country rock. And the reason I picked it is because it's really fucking fun to sing. Is like, it Joy to the World two. or is it another one? Uh no, it's uh, Kryptonite. Cool. Oh, Three Doors Down. Um, is that what I'm thinking of? No, I'm thinking the wrong I, thing. Sorry. I was gonna say I don't. I don't. I don't Kryptonite. I know what you're saying. I, I'm. Who yeah. am I thinking of? Who did Joy to the World? Um. Sorry, I have to look it up. <laughs> Three Dog Night. Three Dog Night. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. We got there. It's fine. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we can move on then. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, it's fine. Cool. All right. Song 10, a uh, song reminds you of a specific place. So your song is First Love, Late Spring by Mitski. Yes. Um, I, I'd just moved to New York. I was 27. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a guy on Tinder who we went on a couple of dates and then he was like, I don't think we have a future and I was like, that's fine. But it was like my first foray into like, and this is the kind of thing that like uh, Naomi would tease me about. Just like, she's like, we 
we joke about we call each other we, okay Sundance like when people live like these sort of like <laughs> <laughs> like kind of right. Greta Gerwig moments and um yes <laughs> it was like that it was like our first day we went and got like um we went to Chinatown and I got congee for the first time because he was like I don't this is the only vegetarian thing you can eat and like my hair fell in it and was just full of like just like rice porridge and like trying to be cute and just like talk about Tasmania while I'm like like getting porridge out of my hair and just like all these sort of moments of like I'm just so quirky and in New York and you know we would go to these like like hole in the wall bookstores and talk about poetry and just like all these things that I thought I liked like I, I do like we talked about a Philip Larkin poem and I just remember him like reciting it in the, cause he was like, Oh, I love that poem. And like me being like, Oh wow. This is just like New York love. And, um, I, I think if I was still in that relationship, I would be a very insufferable person. But, um, <laughs> we, he, he, we made each other playlists and this was on it. And I remember the first time I heard it and this is going to, you're just going to have to let me say this sentence without everyone making fun of me for, romanticizing everything but I just remember like coming out I was on the G train in Brooklyn and like the train there's a part of the train where it like comes out of the underground and like you get this view of Manhattan and I the timing of it like the very surgy song and it like just it hit its big surge as it was sort of like showing me Manhattan I was like I fucking live in New York like I did it I, I got out um and yeah, that's that's what it is. It just is like, it's it's Brooklyn. It's living there. It's you know. I mean, I didn't get to live there as long as I wanted to, but I just you know, with such affection in my heart for it. Um, and mm. I think I was on my way to see the dude. He worked in a bookshop, okay. and I was on my way to his work, and I just remember like, this takes me right back there to that rattly train. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Sundance. Yeah, I know. I know. They do it right? Yeah. Okay, Sundance. Yeah. Like, right. okay, Boomer, right. but like, you're judging them for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. So I didn't mean to shit over that. That was like. I, I, <laughs> no, you I, should. I try to keep this as, as sincere as possible. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, thought I'd lean into that. Um, <laughs> no, that's lovely. I really like that. Yeah. So do you still have that sort of. When you listen to it now, are you, does that still. Do you still have that sort of fondness, that sort of pride in having achieved that as well yeah i think so i mean it's a it's a sadder end than you want it to be like it was supposed to be like this move was supposed to be like the defining moment right and i was supposed to get to be there for at least a year but then my mum got uh my mum's cancer came back and it was terminal so i came home early and you know it was but i mean i think still i think you know after a lot of therapy i can be like this is a example of what I'm capable of because it is actually pretty significant, especially with undiagnosed ADHD to be the Mm. kind of person. And like, you know, we didn't really have money. So it's not like, you know, I think a lot of people like who move countries, it's as simple as like your family just kind of throws money at it and it's fine. But like, you know, and I, and I earned the money working in film and TV, which was, you know, always the goal. And like, there's so many things that I did that, and then moved there and like it was like proof of yeah like what i could do mm. that, like i do feel pride when i listen to it and mitski is very much like all of mitski's music is sad girl music um mm. so you know it's it has imbued in it that sort of like 
inside out, you know, dual memory. <laughs> yeah. Um, orb. It's like, yeah, I feel a sense of pride and like, thank God I'm not dating or trying to date <laughs> boys like that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I've grown from it. And yeah, I can, I did it. I can move cities if I need to. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. No, I, I really love to have like songs like that to, to anchor you in a moment or anchor you in a like a positive thought. Something you go back to and say like, no, I can do this because I've done it before. Mm. I am capable of this because I've done it before. Yeah. Um, And having a song that like puts you back in that mindset. I think like, obviously I'm doing a music playlist. I'm going <laughs> to say this, but like music is very, very good at doing that. Yeah. It's like actually taking you back to those particular moments yeah 100 percent. so that's beautiful the last i don't know who said this but i loved it i think they said something like music is the closest thing that humans will ever get to time travel and Mm. i've always loved that as like a a concept yeah um because it's true yeah (laughs) until we invent time travel (laughs) that's great all right song 11 then a song that reminds you of a specific person so you've gone with Good As Hell by Lizzo? Yeah. Uh, that's how we ended our first ever show together, Annie and I, my comedy partner and I. Um, right, right. And, yeah, it it's just a lovely memory now. It's just this thing that, like, we actually stopped. We, we were like, at the time, Lizzo had just had, like, her big moment. And um, we were very conscious of the fact that we were two white girls being like, we get Lizzo. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> she's for us. Um, and like, so there was like a big conversation about whether or not we should even use her song. But I think like right. uh, legitimately was just constantly listening to Lizzo at the time because I was, I'd right. just been dumped and I was listening to um, well, her other songs and then, yeah, we put this in as the end of the show because it has a sort of, you know, we had a Lizzo reference in the show as well. Um, okay. And it just felt like the right thing. And it just reminds me of Annie. The way we ended that show was us. Um, the whole concept was the opening was us waiting in a waiting room to go and pitch a TV show to Mr. Big TV. And then we went into okay. like, behind the stage and then a lot of the sketches were like TV related and then... Um, sure. The end of the show was us walking out and being like, man, man, I can't believe that we got our own TV show. And then we just used money guns and like shot money everywhere. <laughs> um, and the money was Annie and Lena money. And the idea was people would take that money home and it had like, it was, you know, people would yeah. Instagram it and stuff. It was really good for marketing, but also just like fun to shoot money everywhere. And um, it was to that song. And um, it just reminds me of, yeah, that and an achievement, you know writing our first show yeah. and yeah it's nice I was say, another thing to sort of anchor you as well that sort of that first uh so how, how many shows have you done with annie since then so there was that one and then we wrote uh so that was this is our pilot and then we wrote this is our show which was sort of like a sister show to in that we took a couple of the sketches from this is our pilot and put it into this right. is our show just the uh-huh. stuff that we felt were like strong and that not a lot of people had seen that's the thing about festivals is that it feels like you're over the show and you've done it a million times but only like 
the amount of people who bought tickets, which is not that actually that many at the end of it if you're in a small venue. I've seen right. it, so we kind of took some sketches and did them again at Comedy Festival. Because mm-hmm. um, we were going to take this as our pilot to... This is so, such a long answer. Three. We're writing our third one. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we were going to take the, <laughs> the first show, which got nominated for Best Comedy at Fringe. We are going to take it to Comedy Festival and then COVID. And then we ended up sort of being like, well, we don't... I think we want to write a new one. So we started right. writing a new one. And this is our show is the one that we taped into a special. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're writing the new one now. So, But, you know, we've been working together since... You know, you start writing that the first show, like start of 2019, or like right, maybe okay. April of 2019, just after yeah. festival. And um, yeah, we've been doing it for quite a while now, and we've written quite a few things. We wrote like a ad that we did, and like other stuff that weren't just shows. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's still daunting every time, though. It's like I feel yeah. like I'm getting a better understanding of what will just be fine, and if we're laughing, mm-hmm. it'll be okay. But right, yeah, it's still like I don't know, still daunting. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. I yeah, I am in complete awe of anyone who does live comedy because <laughs> uh, yeah, I could not do it. Could not put myself it's, through. It's um, it's certainly an adventure. It's a really yeah. good process yeah. in learning not that you're not liked by everybody. <laughs> it's a really good way to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, the, and should note as well that uh, the uh, this is our show is available. On yeah, demand. yeah, yeah. It's still on yeah. the. It'll be up for a year, so it's on Stupid Old Studios Presents. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think it's just you just pay. Uh, for a, a ticket which gives you access to it yeah and we're slowly going to release the, some of the sketches on our Instagram as well just like cool. not the whole show but bits and pieces yeah, that yeah. you know we we want as content as yeah because you, know, you have so to market all the, all the, the kids shows. are doing yeah that's it yeah 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 alright perfect uh, alright song 12 and a song that motivates you uh, so you've gone with keep on moving by five yeah I have um, yeah. Naomi calls this Naomi's one of my best friends um, yeah. I talk about her very casually because I stream with her a lot so I feel like people know sure. uh, her she calls this song my reset so <laughs> okay. she um, <laughs> she's if ever I'm in any mood or anything she can just put this song on and it will um, it will recalibrate me and, and I hate that I'm that easy to read but she's right it is very much a recalibrator for me um yeah. and it's just a vibe and i remember i um <clears throat> when i was working as a runner um your whole job is just to drive for mm-hmm. you know a long time and this particular job i was on was a it was pretty well run and i wasn't doing you know really dangerous over time i've had other jobs where it's like you get to the end of the week and you're like oh i worked 67 hours this week and you're like in five days and you've you know yeah you're lucky you didn't have a car accident but my you know my job was to get up drive actors to set run errands and you know drive them home um and i worked on this show called mustangs which is like a a preteen uh show about soccer and like 
uh, just a girls soccer team. It was a great job. I I went back to that job a couple of times, like I, every season I would go back because I, I loved it. I loved driving the teens around. I, I just like it was, it was also my, one of my first big jobs. And, uh, mm. I, you know, the crew was 70% women and it was a really amazing place, uh, space to be in, to work in. And um, the teens hadn't heard of five, which just, you know, most of those rides were my, it was one of my favorite jobs because like they, they were, they were 15, 16 year old kids who Mm -hmm. were doing this, like, you know, the difference in years between like first year and second year and like, you know, fame and dealing with acting and stuff. And they, I, I, I was kind of an anchor for them. Like I was this sort of like older you know, in you know, twenties kid who just wanted to listen to show tunes with them and drive them places and you know hang out with them in the. We spent a lot mm-hmm. of time together, right? And I did really care about them and was worried about them. And they're all doing very well now. They're all one, you know, one of them's writing plays and the other one's in a new Heartbreak High series. And they're all just like they're just solid, solid kids. They're just awesome. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't heard of five and we like it just blew my mind and so i got them obsessively into five and i remember at the rap party everyone was so confused by watching me and all the teens do a dance that we'd come up to come up with to this song <laughs> in the middle of the dance room me being like completely unapologetic about it being like sorry like these are my my you know my little sisters yeah such a jam yeah that's a great song um and just when um, you're that tired you need something that's just like hitting you in the head, basically. Yeah, that'll mm. get you through it. Mm. Um, without without having to get into the nitty gritty, if you don't want to, but when you say recalibrating mm. as a motivating thing, is that an ADHD thing? Is <laughs> that like getting you refocused or? Yeah, I think in some ways it's that, or like you know, one of my big things with ADHD is I struggle with emotional regulation. Um. Uh-huh. Not in like a instant depression way, but in like a general across the board, like sometimes I'm, if I'm happy, I'm really happy or like, yeah. you know, if I'm frustrated, I'll be crying when I'm not actually that frustrated. Like it always presents as more extreme than it is. Some, not always, but sometimes it's like, I'm not even that yeah, sure. sad. Like, so there's a lot of time where I'm like crying and, you know, and I think like one of the things that comes with that is getting very, very caught or hyper-focused. It's like I get hyper-focused in in moods or thought processes mm-hmm. um, and potentially negative thinking. Or like I get cross at Naomi for no reason and she'll be like, right. why are you cross? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just feeling the, I'm just feeling cross and like, right. um, so yeah, as a tool for like, and that's really why she is one of my closest friends is that she's very good at like understanding ADHD and like knowing that like, if I'm just kind of, stormy mm-hmm. it's a very easy button to press because it sort of just is like yeah and I, i'm sure there's some psychological thing about it being a moment one of the things i work on in therapy is like just an awareness just awareness mm-hmm. just slowing down and having awareness and i think in a weird way having a song that is like no this is your this is the the thing, or the only thing you have to focus on for the next three minutes. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. It can be really good for, you know, it doesn't work if I'm in a panic attack, <laughs> but it works like, <laughs> like nothing seems to work if you're in a panic attack, but like, you know, 
it's a good yeah it's a good kind of centering it's just so funny that it's that yeah. song you know yeah i'm trying not to laugh but the idea of someone hyperventilating and then someone be like no i know what to do and then and then putting on five and then playing five honestly we've tried it yeah yeah we've tried it and it has worked like there have been moments where i've been like crying to naomi on the phone and she's been like leany and then put it on and it's been me sitting there like i remember actually it this is very dark but quite funny when my 30th uh was in a lockdown and it meant i wasn't going to see anyone not even like, uh-huh. a, you know, I had like a small dinner planned. Um, right. I was like, you know what? I'm good at uh, getting myself out of these things. And I like listened to this song and there is like, there, Naomi will have a visual memory of me crying to this song, being like, get on up. Like just like, like tears, like <laughs> shooting out of my face, being like, when the rainy days are dark, I keep on, keep on trying, I'll be in bed just like it's like it's fine i don't even need a 30th like it just (laughs) i love anything juxtaposed like that just these like like woo songs just like reappropriated into like a meltdown i'm very that's very lena um (laughs) yeah it's on brand Mm. yeah yeah it's funny or depressing Mm -hmm. um yeah it's similar vibe but my um (laughs) i might cut this i don't know if i'll include it but um just because it's uh my wife's story but Mm. She, when she was sort of in P7 which is like 10 or 11 they had a, a graduation ceremony um, before they moved on to their, their next school Yeah, and they basically walked around the assembly hall and uh, they had like signs that they were holding up above their heads saying like thank you to the teachers or whatever and it was like year 7 and all these different things about what they were doing but they were walking around <laughs> and the, the song was the final, the final countdown yeah and she was really emotional about moving on so tears were she was crying so hard walking around with a sign above her head yeah that's very funny yeah i do love you like that that's very the image of people crying to songs they're not supposed to cry to yeah it's just it is funny it's always funny yeah yeah Oh, that's good <laughs> alright song 13 then a song someone introduced you to so you go with Light On by Maggie, Rog- Maggie Rogers yes um, so this was uh, the play this was another playlist that um, uh, this is the, the New York playlist I think but okay. Uh, I think actually why I chose this one was because uh, I got in I guess introduced to the or shown the music video that she made for this which okay. felt like another introduction like I'd kind of listened to Maggie Rogers and stuff and enjoyed her but like this felt like the moment where I was really connected to it mm-hmm. and I felt like someone was you know I'm I'm tweaking it I'm tweaking the rules but my friend That's Jared right. um, sent me this song and he mm-hmm. uh he was like, I think you'll, you know, again, this is like a nice, um, this is a pretty lockdowny, but, uh, it was, we, he and I were really close because we were both single and it was second lockdown and we were feeling really isolated and I was living with my sister and he was living in a share house and like, uh, we would call each other once or twice a week and go on walks at the same time and just right. talk about our feelings. Um, and 
uh, he sent me this song. And the music video is a one shot um, of Maggie. I think she's in France. And uh, there's just a really beautiful state change in it where the lights come on and there's all these people around her. And she's got a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it just like, it was just a, it was like he was, we were both looking for connection and he kind of gave it to me in a small way. Just seeing the joy on her face when you, she's doing, you know, that's like the, the hottest thing is like watching someone do the thing they really love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it had that vibe. It was like, but, but her, the thing she was doing was singing and connecting. And I think at the time right. that was like what we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, very good music video. And oh, just, yeah, that's that's the that's the very sentimental, um, you know, yeah. answer. Um, but perfect. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take I'll, it. I'll check out the video for sure. Yeah, you should. It's lovely. All um, right, excellent. Yeah. Uh, all right, song fourteen. Then a song you wouldn't expect to like. First date by Blink One Eight Two. Yeah. I I got into Blink-182 last year. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. <laughs> Which is objectively very late. Uh, for, yeah, for, yeah, for our age as well. Yeah. 30 yeah. as well. Yeah. For, to only get into Blink-182 now is a, is a, yeah, feels like a choice. Yeah, it, yeah, it was pretty much. I mean, I, like... I think I'd kind of known a few of them, but I'd never like listened, listened to them. And I think I was on a car ride with, I think I'm driving back from the beach, maybe, or is it a car with Mark? We were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, you sh- really should listen to their albums. Like, he's like, I know you like those three songs, but you should really listen to their albums. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I started listening to First Date. And I was like, this song freaking slaps. And I had a crush on someone. So it was sort of like, you know, capturing that for me oh yeah Yeah, um and yeah i went i went on a date with that person and walking there i listened to it (laughs) oh like i was like teenager again it felt like teen teen love again um and yeah i don't know it's a it's it's so funny to me that in at at 30 I was like, yeah, Blink 182 is for me. But I just reckon I go through an adolescence every three years or something. Like, it feels like I'm yeah, just sure. like what we define adoles- adolescence as, which is like a growth period. Yeah, sure. Um, of new interests and things. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Like, so I'm only really getting into Blink 182 through this. Right. Um, <laughs> because they they were just. They were that kind of that kind of genre of music. I sort of listened to a few of their songs, and Weezer and yeah, uh, Outkast. Like like, no, not Outkast. Uh, Offspring. Offspring. I love college rock. Like I do. I used to listen to the Offspring yeah. in high school. It's so weird to me yeah. that it never made it to Blink now, but also yeah. like uh, the there's a song that reminds me of Philly when I went to college there. Uh, Third Eye Blind and like Jimmy Eat World, The Middle, and like just those yes. sort of like those sort of songs that are very like 
they should i'd never th- i would never have thought they were from me like a yeah yeah you know if you look at me you're like oh okay you like that but i do i, I really love i yeah, love yeah. blink i love you know undeniable yeah yeah so so yeah like i'm i've, I've the type of music i was listening to i was definitely i was more into like sort of classic rock mm. but these sorts of songs were were they were definitely in playlists I was listening to. They were definitely like stuff that I would listen to fairly regularly, and everyone was. But I don't think I've ever listened to a full Blink One Eight Two album, which you should. I, should. I like. I never thought I would want to, but they, they like they they're an explore. Like they're a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I feel like I'll let I'll let down people who really love them by talking about them, but I yeah they they are they're very good they're very good musicians mm. and um i just i never thought i just never thought it would be you know just like yeah. i never thought i would like bob dylan yeah uh, yeah again very similar those 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 three bob dylan blink 102 mm. and jd from scrubs yes 100 percent all cancelable yeah. uh in- <laughs> <laughs> basic basically interchangeable yes uh, song 15 the song you think everyone should listen to so you've mentioned Ezra Furman so you've gone with Take Off Your Sunglasses I have but you also said to me it could be any Ezra Furman song really really narrowed it down for you yeah I yeah. mean the thing is Ezra's music is so uh, they've been making music well I've been into them for 10 years and mm-hmm. they've been making music that whole time and their music has changed with them they, and they and okay. it has it has really it's a really strong emotional like you know there's you get you get sort of an angsty album before a sort of you know a, an album that's sort of like come to some conclusions and you get like you know this sort of amazing journey which is why i think they're such a wonderful pick for sex education um mm-hmm. to do music for um and i did do take off your sunglasses cuz it's just like a i think whenever I'm talking Ezra with people, I, I just do that song as like an entry level song because it's very fun and, and sort of yes. about being cool and just like, you know, like kind of letting your guard down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then like, God, like this, the stuff from the sex education soundtrack is just some of the best music I've like, I just love, love it. And um, like, that's where you get restless year and you get every feeling and like sort of just this kind of, the, the the lyrics are wonderful the music's really cool and um interesting and and I, yeah i loved ezra from uh when i went to college in philadelphia i would catch the bus to new york and it was the perfect the per- perfect amount of time was two ezra albums so i would okay. always be able to tell you where i was based on like the album oh, yeah yeah like because i would wake up coming into new york to the same sort of few songs at the end of one of the albums Wow, um, okay. yeah and my sister got me into Ezra's music and I have been desperate to see them perform for years and I thought moving to New York was going to do it but then had to come home I think I missed them by a week uh, which oh. is just like because <laughs> apparently as a live performer just like can't be matched like right, okay. they're, they're just wonderful so yeah I just and I think criminally underrated I think criminally under listened to for how good they are. 
Perfect. Yeah. So do they, do they, when you say like sex education is the soundtrack then, so is that the sort of themes that they touch on when you, like you said about adolescence and growth and... I guess so. Is, that sort of the, is it that connection that you have? Well, she kind of, she's sort of had a, I think a lot of her music is about sort of this kind of empathy and learning about yourself and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, identity, I guess, which is why she's a great fit for a, a show about kids figuring out stuff. Trying to find it, yeah. Yeah, and I mean that 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 show specifically is like such an interesting show in terms of like it 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 talks about stuff that is really familiar. But the world is 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 quite naturalistic, but I feel kind kind of fairy taley just because of where it's shot and just the sort of geography of the town feels or like it doesn't feel fully real. I think okay. when I watch it, mm-hmm. other people might disagree with that, but I think there's sort of a TV world element to it. It, it feels right. made up ish, and I think there's mm. something about the way they've made it why I think that music is such a good fit or that Ezra as a musician is such a good fit for it because it's sort of like it's kind of more conceptual than I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say but it's something I'm trying to say something yeah okay mm. well done mm. um, thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, it's uh, yeah it's it's really nice to have that though when you have like a, a musician or a, an artist that you're really like because uh, mine is frightened rabbits i kind mm. of like a lot of my a lot of my youth is based around like a lot of my memories are based around frightened rabbit and but they as a whole i would say are maybe not the most accessible to people people don't tend to like them straight away mm. so i have the same thing i have like gateway frightened rabbit songs yeah, and, like, yeah. this is the one you start with yeah and once you got used to that then get prepared for all the dark shit yeah um but yeah but take off your sunglasses was a great song like, it's I've very boppy process performing before yeah and yeah really really fun energy and yeah I'll, i i after i'm done with uh the entire blink 182 discography <laughs> i'll get into the uh the sex education soundtrack yeah and go from there okay? yeah i think that's a good way to do it i find yeah. for me personally like restless year as an album is a hard listen because it's it's dark and you know there's a song on there called i want to destroy myself and it's sort of like you know reminds you of sort of those sort of things that i am you know trying to avoid i guess right Con- yeah. you know content wise um and so I find that one to be the hardest one to listen to because you just kind of mm. want to hug them and tell them it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, kind of like watching yeah, Fleabag or something. There's a there's a, mm. a familiarity and a distance at the same time. But um, mm. yeah, I think the sex education soundtracks are really good middle ground of the okay. more sort of darker content. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I'll give that a go. Yeah. I, I tend I tend to find myself drawn to that uh, so, sometimes depends yeah. on what I mean but that sort of darker material Frightened Rabbit is, is one of those bands that that's they very much lean into that Scott the, the, the lead singer is 
like one of the songs I love the most is Floating in the Fourth which is a, a suicide note that he turned into a song yeah there so you go so yeah which you know and, and again you sort of talked about it but that sort of I find a lot of comfort in that of someone having had those thoughts and distilled it in song and then mm. being able to put it out there and, and, yeah. and move on from it as well and I think with all that stuff it's 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 okay if it's processed i think that's always been my thing with jokes about stuff as well or whatever it's like well, yeah. if it's happening it's like we need to reevaluate why we're making jokes about it if you're in it um yes. but you know i think that like the whole reason i want to do comedy is to make people feel less alone and more mm-hmm. seen yeah um and i think that's why we can we need that music too we need that stuff that validates it and and assures us that it's allowed um mm-hmm. but i do think it's nice to sort of be able to go but light at yes. the end of the tunnel yeah um 100 you know whack on keep on moving by five and, <laughs> and reset yeah. yeah i have a friend who and... was having a really hard time who i sent that song to and they say they said that when i sent it to them they said fuck you lena moon and then they listened to it and they came around and they like make that joke on stage now they're like fucking lena sent me a five song and it got me out of my depression. <laughs> You'd almost be annoyed, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like you look at it and you're like, oh, a five? Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? And then you listen to it and you're like, ah, uh, yeah, this yeah. is working. Yeah, it's working. There's a um, there's a color. There's a, a shade of pink that was uh, a scientist realized had a calming effect on people. And oh, yeah. like um, when you look at it, you, you your nervous system calms down. But uh-huh. what so people ran with that science and like painted jails pink and all this sort of stuff, and then uh, the they ignored the fact that like deeper into that study, the scientists found that after a certain amount of time, people get angry, like like really angry, <laughs> because it's like their central nervous system is like resentful that it's been forced to relax. <laughs> So there's this, like, there are all these prisons and, like, all these environments that are pink where people go in and feel calm, and then after, like, half an hour, they're, like, so ragey. And I think Fuck that's, you, like... pink. Yeah, yeah, and, I, like, they yeah. don't know why, and I think that's, like, that was the experience they had. So I hope maybe they did end up swinging the other way and hating me again, but because of the song, but we'll never know. Oh, <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, all right well that's that's a lovely note to end on so mm. thank you very much thanks um, for having me not, not at all is there anything that you want to plug or promote we've talked about the special it's on demand yeah um well i do have i mean australians listening i do have shows in adelaide and melbourne coming up um mm-hmm. with annie and lena's new show um mm-hmm. but if you like me and you're not able to come to those shows um my Twitch is a good source for content, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so please follow me on Twitch, um, Lena Moon. <laughs> it's like twitch.tv slash Lena Moon. And then Annie and Lena yeah. at Annie and Lena on Instagram is a good place to get all of the information about Annie and Lena. Perfect. All right. Thanks very much. And that is it for episode 16 of Mixtape Identity. Thank you so much for listening. Please go and support Lena wherever you can, especially if you're based in Australia. I have seen her sketch show with Annie, uh, the one they did with Stupid Old Studios, and that is available at Stupid Old Studios, and it is incredible. It's so, so funny. 
so if you can see that live go and see it live if you can't then i would consider getting that because uh, it is it's brilliant it's really really good um and again if you're not based in australia then you can watch lena stream on twitch i am there fairly regularly and it's it's always a good time if you like this show and you want to support it then we do have a coffee link set up you can find that in our link tree um probably in the description as well um, if you want to support us in other ways then leave us a review say nice things to me that's always good um, tell your friends all that good stuff and follow us on instagram it's a big help there as well i'm also going to be streaming on twitch at yak enemy i've promoted that a couple of times i've actually been been ill so i haven't had a chance to do that yet but that's coming and yeah i'll be back next week for episode 17 so in the meantime look after yourselves we'll speak to them